Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. I'm Janet. I'm Mel. I'm Helen. And I'm back. (laughs) It's Philip, by the way. (laughs) So in a previous episode, we sat down with Helen and Phil and got a little bit of a recap on all of the logistics and events that led up to their engagement. So now you are formally engaged and we have you back now to dig a little bit deeper and talk more personally about your relationship and how you guys came to a place when you knew you were ready for marriage. Ooh. Yikes. So last time was the tangible uh, logistical things of yes. engagement. Now we're going into the how emotional, feel the here. feels of, of how it came to be. Ooh. Do you want me to start? Uh, well, Fiance? <laughs> Well, okay, so I feel like my relationship journey to get here was kind of unique. Before Philip, I was a serial monogamist. So I had a boyfriend between the ages of 16 and 25 every year, other than the age of 19. So 19 was the only time I was ever single from 16 to 25. Wait, so nine years. I always had a boyfriend, but but only three. There were only three guys. It's not like every year there was a new one. So pretty lengthy. Philip and I met when I was a sophomore in college. 2008. Yes, 2008. We kept in touch, not physically, but we like kept in touch uh, contact wise as friends. Um, Because you guys were both dating other people at the time, right? We were. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so it wasn't until I moved to LA and I was 26 years old and that's when we started dating. Technically, you were 25. You moved in October of 2013. Wow, geez. Yes. I remember these dates very clearly. And then you, and then obviously you turned 26. Correct. So you started dating her as soon as she got to LA. Um, that's where it gets kind of like cloudy, I guess. It's not like as soon as she landed, like we were dating, but it definitely was like, you know, when I found out that she had moved to LA, I was like, oh yeah, like we should meet up, you know, welcome to the city kind Mm. of thing. But we did quickly, you know, become very close, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I tried to resist it at the beginning. Like, well, I wanted to give her time while she was here. I was also coming out of a relationship, so I wanted some time there. But yeah. I feel like timing-wise, it seemed very perfect because, like I said, like I was never single, and I was finally single, and you were as well. And so timing-wise, it seemed like it was perfect. We were like, oh, this is meant to be. We met like 10 years ago, and we're now back together, and this could be a thing, right? There's a possibility for a thing. There's a lot of, a lot of variables. Like location-wise, we were on east and west coast. We're on the same coast. We're both single. I mean, like barely single though. Like you literally broke up with your 
boyfriend like yes on the flight over yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's not like it's not like you were like oh man i've i mean i've been single for a while yeah, i'm ready yeah. to find myself right, right. <laughs> no like but yes i guess technically we were not totally bound by anyone yeah correct yeah but i feel like even though timing felt like it was right it was very not right for us so the first three years that we were dating we were like on and off for like three or four breakups it's crazy when you say it like that where it's like for the first three years we were all in the like that's a lot like when I, I remember when we were going through it like I was becoming so ashamed of just how how long it was lasting and I, my metric was like college years I was like we've been going back and forth from freshman year to junior mm-hmm. year like and mm-hmm. when you see it like that I was like this is ridiculous but three years actually went by really fast in it, my it mind. did feel like it went through really very fast but I feel like we fought a lot because well one when I moved to LA, I had just moved out of my parents' house, right? So it was my first time becoming independent. I was essentially coming into your world because you were already established here. Mm-hmm. So it was a part of me that also felt like I was trying to learn about who I was, become fully independent, while also trying to be this like perfect person or this image of this person that I thought you wanted me mm-hmm, to be. Mm-hmm. So with that, I think you also coming out of your relationship, which was a, a good relationship, you also were looking at me as this person that couldn't have any flaws. Yeah, I think because of the relationship that I had just come out of, I was looking at you as like, you better be worth the fact that I'm not in that relationship anymore. And that definitely brought some very high, unrealistic expectations and very like a short fuse of what I was tolerant of. Mm. And that was really, really unhealthy and unfair for sure. But yeah. that that's what led to us starting again, breaking up, starting again, mm-hmm. breaking up. Yeah. Also, I feel like with dating these days, like we have so many options, right? Even with just like a swipe of a hand, anything that we weren't happy or satisfied about about the other person, we'd always think in our minds like, oh, there's probably someone else that could fill fill this thing and and be good at this thing, right? Like for example, like when I moved in to your place, dishes were a big thing because if dishes were left over what we tended to do was like extrapolate that and make that and project who we would be as like a future wife or a future husband you did stay over a lot and i would see habits of yours that i yeah like you said projected right do you feel like that was a result of the place you were in your life you were older you were looking for a permanent partner like were you did you have these expectations for previous partners no definitely not Mm. um and i think like i said because it was difficult getting out of the previous relationship and again like i said like i was like you have to be worth it you have to be so good that it's undeniable why i'm with Mm. you right and this was obviously like my own insecurities my own guilt that i was putting onto her Mm. to justify my actions right so it was very unfair. And that's why whenever we broke up, I would think back to that. I can't believe I, I got mad at her over a fucking vacuum. Yeah. So I would come back to her and be like, hey, take me back. Let's oh try again. And then something else would happen. And yeah. yeah. And Mel and I were pretty close back then, too. And she would see all that I was going through and through all the breakups with you. And she'd be like, yeah, I'm like he's not good for you. You deserve better. Like someone yeah. will accept you for that vacuum shit. <laughs> it's so funny because, I mean, obviously I knew Phil before I knew Helen. So I was like, kind of like, Team Phil, because by association, and the, and so when I got close to Helen, I heard all this stuff. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, this is so random. I was like, what? I was like, no, don't get back with him. Was it was it weird for you to find these things about me? Because like, yeah, you saw me first as a like a fan, yeah, then a boss, mm-hmm. then a friend, and then now you're like, wait, this is not this is a guy like that does this like you know yeah is that weird it was a little weird because i think i still saw you as like that boss role mm. versus like a friend yeah but then helen i really was a friend with her and mm. so when i heard saw this stuff 
I feel like in a sense it humanized you mm-hmm. also as a person, but at the same time I was like, oh, like to be honest, like this shining light I used to view as kind of like yeah. dimmed a little. Yeah, it got dull. <laughs> you know, it yeah. got dull. And then obviously, like I told Helen, like I don't know if you. Because I saw how much, like, Helen's light kind of turned on for me True. as I became her friend. So I was like, oh, you don't need this. Like, let your light keep shining brighter. Yeah. But then, like, I think I learned a lot just, like, watching you guys progress in your relationship. Like, yeah, the, you guys don't have vacuum fights anymore, I hope. What's interesting is that I never, like, fought so much with any of my other boyfriends except mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because my ex-boyfriends, when they were with me, they saw me as, like, the absolute, like, cream of the crop. Like, <laughs> then when it came to you, you saw me as, like... The, a potential something you know Ugh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> now, now that i think about it i'm like that would suck it, but at the same time i feel like my ex-boyfriends were very like comfortable be supportive yeah. of me yeah. of whatever i wanted to do but i never felt pushed towards one direction or another to try and extend myself into the next realm of what i could be yeah so philip was the first one and i recognized this too and then again i think it was those like rose colored glasses to be like that is something i think is very important in a relationship because for you to see my potential more than i could see it in myself was like a very strong Mm. thing for me Mm. and something that i think is is very important in a a relationship so you saw that like in retrospect you could you could see that as like really toxic but you kind of saw it as Oh wow! Like he, I'm, I appreciate someone for the first time seeing yeah. like me in this way. I guess right when it's positioned as challenging versus putting someone down, right? And when you're talking about like seeing someone, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. like saying like you're, you're so worthless. Like I, like, oh yeah, you, no, no, like you, like you could be so great. Why do you suck so much? I didn't say like I, I wasn't. But obviously, like that. from a place where I'm just learning about who yeah. I am, that mm-hmm. does it does come off that way. For someone mm-hmm. who's in a place where she's not certain about who she is and mm-hmm. she's still finding her way, that it's gonna come off, even if you're trying yeah. to say it in the nicest way possible for me it's just like the feeling of just i'm not enough mm-hmm. i'm not enough i don't know who i'm i don't know like mm. i don't have the path that i can even go on because i don't know yeah. what path to take but do you think it would be good advice to other people where it's like i mean a good i think a good relationship and a good partnership is when two people do push each other yes. to be better yes. versions mm-hmm. of themselves right mm-hmm. absolutely but i think it's important to say that both people need to want to be better there needs to be a mutual like accepting of whatever is being pushed like you can't I don't want it to come off like we're saying that, you know, you can change your partner. That's not the right mentality. But in a good relationship, I do think both parties should be open to changes if there's good reasons. And I think between Helen and myself, we both knew that we had weaknesses um, and we both wanted to be better for each other. Right. And I think it has to be self-initiated, too. If one person doesn't want to change and the other is pushing for it, then clearly that's not a relationship that's going to last. But it, and it wasn't like you were looking at your partner wanting them to change. It was them wanting to change themselves and then you wanting to be there to support them along the way. So that's when it makes sense to kind of like weather that storm, right? Yeah. I think it was a little lopsided in the beginning. First, I was trying to just untangle like, so the positive thing is wanting a partner that challenges you, right? Mm. But then on the flip side, sometimes that can be seen as toxic. Like were your girlfriends coming to you and saying like, this guy who is making you feel like you're not enough, like that's not a good quality. Oh yeah. yeah. Right. So a lot lot of my, the first friends that I had here in LA, they they knew Philip and I think because of how much we fought, they they didn't like him. I went home and I would like complain about this, obviously just having girl talk with my friends. Mm. And they would also be like, you deserve so much better you're like Mel was saying right like you're amazing and you shouldn't have to put up with this and I do feel like throughout all of our arguments I don't know there, there was some a part of me that always just wanted to come back to him and I think with like any couples when they fight obviously it's two-sided and if one person decides that they don't want to deal with it anymore they can just walk away right but it always seemed like for both me and Philip we always wanted to choose to come back to one another and like give it a try again so you felt you saw potential in him, like, 
Because on the surface, it could around. look like it's like, oh, he's just someone that's always going to make me feel like I'm not enough, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like for your girlfriends, you would advise them to not continue. Right. But then the thing that makes it different is that you saw that there was some internal things that he was dealing with and that he had the desire to address those things. Yeah. Right. That- I think I think that's that you hit it on the head right there. I think she, not I think, you knew that it wasn't coming from a place of just me being an asshole. Right. I was very open. We, we went through very much together of... Uh, like what my internal struggle was in terms of like my guilt and shame and the turmoil I was going through um, in terms of my baggage. So I think she knew that as soon as I got over that or figured that out, I would be a great boyfriend, right. mm-hmm. you know, and that's what she was holding on to. And that's what also I was holding on to because I wanted that too. And I, and so I definitely let her know like, hey, I'm trying, I'm trying, but I guess it wasn't enough at certain points. But I was very much aware that she would like her friends didn't like me, you know, like and and that made me feel even more like shit, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that just all compounded onto this guilt of like, okay, you're not good for her, you're not the right place, and that's mm-hmm. why we would break up, right? And then I would try to, you know, work on myself a little bit more yeah, and then yeah. come back. And that's another thing too. Like I think the re- another reason why we kept coming back to each other is because it's not like in between I was just dating anyone, you mm-hmm. know, like and just I was just having fun. Okay, th- clearly this guy's like a bachelor and he's just messing with you, or he's a fuckboy. Even when we were off, it was very clear that I was trying to work on myself. So I just wanted—I just want to draw that line that if if there are girls out there that are listening and they have a girlfriend that's like that has a, a guy that's going on and off with her, we're not saying like, oh, it could be like a Phil and Helen situation. Like it really depends on what the guy's doing, like true. when yeah. when they're off, right? Yeah, true. That is very indicative of of his true intentions and where he, where he's at. No, I hundred percent agree with that. All right, so Helen, I remember actually very distinctly when you were off and you're single I think obviously like I heard the stories as a friend like how you and Phil were on and off and like he made he made you feel like sometimes you weren't enough I think you also knew that internally that you're like I don't want to deal with this kind of bullshit Mm -hmm. because you're like I'm I'm so enough like I'm gonna like enjoy my life and like you try to be independent like you went on dates with the other guys so like you get yourself out there (laughs) one other guy yes so I guess like my question is like what was going through your mind as you're going through this like off period with Phil yeah I mean, I think like there were a couple times. So in terms of the breakups, like I initiated some of the breakups, and then he initiated some of the other ones. But when I did it, it was more like in my mind, I knew that I was like, oh, I knew I was a good catch. I felt like I was on top of my own world, but mm-hmm. I wasn't on top of his world. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, like I didn't want to deal with because I, I knew that he was also going through a lot of like emotional turmoil mm-hmm. and a lot of just finding himself that. I knew that if I stayed, I wouldn't be helping him go mm. through that journey because I would only handicap it and because he would see me as someone that would stay with him regardless if he was in turmoil or not in turmoil, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of keeps you in a place where you're like, it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be emotional and it's okay to not figure myself out because you still want to be with me anyway. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I, it, that's true. I do remember there were times where I, I flagged that too, where I was like, if, you, if you're putting up with this, that's actually hurting me. Yeah. And because I, because then I, I feel like I can get away with anything, mm-hmm. right? And that's really, really bad. And it's going back to that having a partner that challenges you, right? right? So that was something that she called out about you that you knew you don't want to be with someone who would put up with that. I th- the other thing too, I think, is guys and girls deal with this, but I think girls might deal with this more. But um, there's this idea of like savior mentality, mm-hmm. where oh, I think, yeah. where I think girls feel like they can change the guy and I can yeah. I can be the reason why he changes and I can save him from his whatever inner turmoil right, or whatever. Right. And I see that in my other friends some, or other couples before and I'm like, this is so bad. Like, you shouldn't be the reason why he does that. 
mm-hmm. vice versa. She shouldn't be the reason why you do that, right? But it's, it, it, I think that's a little leftover from like my nice guy days where I used to believe like, oh, see, nice girls date bad boys because they feel like they can change them mm-hmm. or whatever. And I think that there was a little bit I of that. I definitely felt that way. Yeah. Yeah. But then you would break up with him. So there were moments where you we were like, I'm. this isn't something I'm going to put up with and I'm not going to save you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it, was, it was very difficult in my mind to just like make that mental shift too, knowing that like I did want to be with the good part of you mm-hmm. so badly mm-hmm. and the person who is like quote unquote fixed from what he was going through. But I also knew that, yeah, you just needed to go on your journey by yourself and timing as much as timing I thought was like perfect for us because we were finally single, finally on the same coast and dating and all of that. It just was not the right timing and timing played such a big role in our relationship So it sounds like we've heard Helen's perspective on all of these kind of on-again, off-again breaks that you guys had. Phil, what was going through, like, how were those experiences for you? Yeah, um, it wasn't good. (laughs) It sucked. Uh, And part of it was, you know, knowing that I was hurting someone. And I felt like we were keeping ourselves in a really just toxic situation. Mm. I remember, you know, whenever I, like, prior to Helen, if I had friends that were in on and off-again cycles i would be like dude the writing's on the wall like what are you doing this for right and i still sort of feel that way um but i think um you know on my side i wanted it to be her so bad because of just i mean it's her like there's like it's helen she's amazing she's 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 smart she's accomplished she's gorgeous she's fun but for some reason i just couldn't get over the hump of just like are you ready to give her all of you right um and so it was a lot of just, it's your own personal getting over like the elevation of what a partner should be right. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And letting go of a past, I think. Mm-hmm. And whether it was a past of like, a, not just necessarily a specific person, but also like a lifestyle or a, or a mindset, right? And I think that's actually just how powerful my connection or attraction to Helen was, is that she just, from the little bit of time that we did spend together, she just took up so much mental and emotional real estate that even when I was like trying to get away, like I just couldn't. And we were just always drawn back to each other. And I felt really hopeless almost like mm. that I was never going to get away from her. Almost like I wanted to get away, yeah, but I yeah. but I couldn't, mm. you know. Um, and it's because I think practically speaking, I knew how great she was. Like all those things that she's like that she just listed like, oh, I'm a great catch. I, I knew that objectively speaking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, this is an amazing girl. It's like, Phil, why can't you just buy into that completely? Right? Why can't you allow yourself to be happy and just enjoy the fact that this amazing girl wants to be with you or wants to give you another chance, right? And that was something that I think my guilt wouldn't allow me to fully, um, I to guess, fully accept. fall in love, essentially. Yeah. 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 But, you know, thankfully, you know, I think she saw my true intentions and thankfully, you know, I wisened up eventually mm-hmm. and she gave me a chance. And I'll say this, like, I know it might sound like, you know, Helen has kind of just been like at my beck and call or whatever. But like, I think the true test of of me showing how much I'm trying to prove myself to her came after we got back together, actually, because I knew how much I had hurt her, you know, and I knew that I had to prove myself as a worthy partner. Mm. Maybe in the beginning, when we, when she was figuring herself out, it's it might seem like, oh yeah, like Helen, like why why would you put up with this guy? But like nowadays, it's like that that first year after we were like truly truly back on like it was me like just trying to show and be the best boyfriend I could be to prove to her that I was different Mm. and that had changed for her you know which I don't know if that if that reinforces the savior thing but like it was 
I don't think it does because I, I came to those realizations like on my own yeah. without you forcing me. Yeah, it sounded like you were dealing with a lot of internal conflict where you were, it was like a head versus heart thing maybe. Yes, and definitely. You weren't, yeah. So you were feeling love for her and then trying to push her away because maybe you were scared. Yes, One of, I was scared. I was definitely coming from a place where all relationships fail, you know, like there's no way that anything can last. I'm going to disappoint her again. I'm going to hurt her just like I've hurt everyone else. I don't deserve her. And it was just very unhealthy, you know. Personally speaking, I think that's just the type of person I am mm-hmm. that takes on a lot of those emotions. And yeah. I overthink and overanalyze why relationships fail. And yeah, just it, I mean, that's why you can also create such great content. Right? Thanks. I mean, yeah, I guess that's a, a gift and a curse, I guess. But Um, I definitely had to learn how to partition those feelings, right? It's like there was a period of time where I was like, I have to be sad in order for me to like have access to those emotions Mm -hmm. so that I could write or so that I could, Mm -hmm. you know, be the persona. That annoyed me so much when you would say that. You'd be like, I need to live in these sad emotions. I'm like, get over yourself. (laughs) Like we need to figure us out first before you can stay in those sad emotions. But like, obviously I think you guys went through a lot and like you guys went through kind of like a tumultuous time in your first three years of trying to figure things out. But then... I think it was after our Asia trip because me and Helen went to Asia together and it was like, woo, so much fun. And of course, during our trip, Helen's will be like, oh, let me check your phone. Has, let me, has Phil checked my Instagram? I'm like, I'm like okay, fine. Oh, because you didn't want me to see that you checked. Yeah, yeah. so I would, look on Mel, oh, I would look gosh. on Mel's phone to look at your Snapchat. Snapchat was big for us back then. But I, I didn't want you to see that I looked at your story. <laughs> and I know you did that to me too. Yeah, yeah. no, because during that time, you guys are still like, I guess considered off, but you're still working through things. And I remember also during our trip, I was checking my story. I was like, dang, Phil's watching a lot of my stories. <laughs> and I wonder why. <laughs> so I just knew. But then I think after that trip is when you guys actually came like it was solid after that trip because i think you guys were able to hash things out a little bit better well that i would say that mm-hmm. yes that was like um end of 2016 that's kind of when we that was the last time we got back together we haven't we didn't break up or we didn't split off since then so yeah it's been about three years Asian Boss Girl is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of classes for creators, entrepreneurs, and curious people everywhere. You can take classes in marketing where you learn how to grow your community and work with brands, or classes about how to get your podcast off the ground. So whether you're picking up a new skill for your day job, figuring out your next side project, or pursuing a long-time passion, Skillshare has classes for you. As someone who is just getting into the wedding planning process, I've done a bit of research and Skillshare has a plethora of amazing classes to help any new bride. From modern brush calligraphy to increasing wedding planning productivity to tips for the first dance, Skillshare has something for me and for you. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months free. That's right. Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two months free of unlimited access to thousands of classes. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com ABG. Again, go to Skillshare.com ABG to start your two-month free trial now. That's Skillshare.com ABG. Being a friend watching you guys go through all that and then seeing you guys now, like, before, you know, tell him, I'm just like, why are you with this dude? But now, like, even the past three years, I've seen, like, I see this attraction that's, like, kind of undeniable, and I feel it. And part of me is always like, how does he still feel it after all these years? Like, I do feel that way. So my question for you now is, like, obviously, you guys are engaged. Like, you know, were there moments when you knew you wanted to marry this person? 
or each other. <laughs> In like the most unromantic way, you said that to me. Do you remember what you said to me? What did I say? You said, I don't think there's anyone else that I want to go through this with or something like that. So <laughs> well, it's like kind of like uh, almost like a negative like confirmation instead I of like, a, you're so. the person that I want to be with. You're the only person that I feel like I could go through what we just went through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something think, like that. I mean, just think about it. Like this entire like episode so far has been us talking about like how difficult it was. Yeah. And, I, and I knew that I think there's part of it that sounds like very practical and negative, <laughs> but there's also something where it's like, I'm, I'm putting my foot down and I'm just like, look, it's nothing's going to be easy in life. And if we're going to have, and if, and if it's not going to be easy, I'd rather be not easy with you. <laughs> Aw, that's that romantic. Right? God, so unromantic. I, well, I, wasn't that the quote that Mel talks about where it's like, um, life is suffering, but it's about choosing who and what is worth suffering for, mm, right? Yeah, yeah so that it absolutely applies to her. I feel like I, I just don't want to, I think people perceive Wang Fu or me as like this super like romantic person or whatever, but no, I'm actually very, very realistic. And I don't want to come on this podcast and give you guys like this flowery, like, dude, Helen, I met 10 years ago uh-huh. and I always knew that she'd be the one. And, right. and you know, like it's, it's, I want people to know that relationships and love and, and the, the choice yeah. to get engaged is very important, very, yeah. very heavy, right? Well, I think we also did a lot of things just like backwards, right? Like I feel like we started a lot of arguments, started a lot of just like questioning each other and I, we, we like brought up everything, everything that we did not like about the other person, we it like surfaced up and then we talked about it and we talked through it. And I do feel like that does happen more in like marriage than during maybe the dating because we didn't go through like a puppy love phase. We, yeah, we actually, went through straight into marriage yeah, phase. I mean, you were always very sad that we actually technically don't have a date for like when we first started dating. That's okay. Yeah. We have an engagement date now. I guess so, yeah. I guess my question is like, really, like, I think, Phil, like, you know, you're a director, you're a writer. There was no moment like where Helen was like, maybe like watering your plants and you're like, I want to marry her in this, in this moment. <laughs> See, this is me. I'm, no, I'm, I'm breaking that, that imagery yeah. apart. I guess the, the truth is, is that there, there isn't. I think it was, it was the, our entire journey that just built more and more like almost like you're adding cement to a foundation Mm. you know like so there was like this a little stick that was in the ground that was like you know very weak and we just kept weathering the storm putting more and more things around it to make it more protected to a point where you know eventually we got to this like really strong structure and i was like wait this this seems like the strength of a a structure that i think a a marriage should be Mm. you know like i i kind of like it kind of happens so gradually yeah because there's not one moment yeah because if you like not to bring things more more down but yeah those first three years were difficult but these last three years weren't easy either mm. like i said like you know it was just a perspective change we were we've still you know had a lot of conflict and we've we've still argued and everything but the way we argue now is so much more different mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and and our intentions for the arguments and for and for coming back together mm-hmm. um and forgiveness is, is so, so much different too yeah one thing that i had mentioned earlier was like the whole not feeling like i was enough or being this person that i didn't know who i was and i think the past three years i've really started to own my identity and really understand myself like every aspect of myself right physical mental like everything and that does absolutely contribute to me feeling ready to be in a relationship mm. and ready to be be loved too right um, and another more like fun thing about how I knew is like being able to, to fart around you. <laughs> you have to be yourself. You have to like let, you know, I'm, I used to be afraid to be silly around you. Cause I think you saw me as like, oh, if she's going to be a potential like wife. She needs to be so put together. And yeah, so like, yeah, yeah. you know, can't take care of kids and not act like a kid. And like, I act like a kid she all does the time. Act like a kid. I'm like 
stupid silly and you guys have no idea her farts are ridiculous I heard. <laughs> i'm actually like we actually we do yeah. <laughs> oh you've heard you've heard her farts we, no they, they amongst the three she's not the most deadliest one so. oh really but she's yeah, the loudest no. she might not be the most potent. oh i don't i don't let it out that loud here oh my god so she's most comfortable on you still okay yeah <laughs> But, but I think it's yeah. being able to fully be yourself and know that someone accepts you for all the silly, stupid, smelly parts of you. And also that, you know, I think you are incredibly in love with who I am right now in this moment. Mm-hmm. And sure, that icing can come also later on, but that's something that you're not like, wait, you're, you're waiting for it, but you're not like impatient for it. Yeah, and I think that's a perspective that I gained where I think before I, with previous relationships, it was like, you need to be who I want right now, right? And then with marriage, it's like, as long as the base ingredients of compatibility are there, marriage is a long game, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a very, very long journey. And I I mean, I said it in my proposal, it's like in that journey, like there's going to be a lot to explore and I, 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 I want to explore it with you. It's not like, when, when did I realize that this was a woman I want to get married to? It's more like, when did I realize that this was like the partner that I wanted in my life, right? Where it's like, oh, like you have... We have the qualities of a great partnership and you're a great teammate. And it's great that, you know, the intimacy is awesome, right? But it's like there's a bigger picture to be accomplished. Mm-hmm. And I think when I started seeing us as a unit that could weather storms, that could be silly, that could be unapologetic in our emotions. Mm-hmm. Like when I started feeling like, yeah, very comfortable, like you're saying, yeah. you know, like and very much myself, like that's kind of like is when I knew yeah. mm-hmm. and I didn't have that with, you know, other, other, you know, relationships. And if you think about it, you know, she basically had already seen the worst of me. And when I saw that she was accepting me for those flaws, showing me so much love by sticking with me, it really motivated me to get myself out of that negative place. And that essentially taught me a new definition of love. I, I learned a new way to love through her. And I think when I felt that, or when I noticed that, I knew we had something really special that I wanted to build on. That's really sweet. See, no. see, it's not all robotic. <laughs> it can be sweet. You have emotions. There, there, there's some sweetness. That was sweet. <laughs> I feel. I think you you brought up a really good metaphor about how you and Helen, you know, built this really good foundation of this house. You built the concrete, at the walls, and all this stuff. But then my question is like, now when did you know it was time to build a roof? AKA propose to this girl. Like, why did you decide it was this year you wanted to propose Helen versus why not next year or the year before? I think what happened in my mind was I started having less excuses to not mm. do it. Does that make sense? It's always like the negative like <laughs> reinforcement. Sorry, or just like, sorry, I had more and more reasons to. to do <laughs> Thank you. That sounds a lot better. Whereas like, I think, you know, like let's, if we're using the last three years that we've been steady or whatever, the first year I think was healing. Healing and adapting. Yeah, a lot of healing though. Uh, mostly Agreed. healing of, and me trying to prove to you that yes. I'm, that I was serious this time and that you can love me you right. can truly truly love me right that that can deserve and, a whole episode in yeah. itself but yes yeah and, and i still feel like i'm i'm gonna tr- keep trying to prove yeah, that you to do you that every day. yeah all right <laughs> i think the second year was us actually like getting comfortable with each other and mm-hmm. just like the farting st- yeah like having fun <laughs> i think like like becoming more we put more of a couple mm, yeah. i guess and being being more settled in in who we are and once we were that then I was like, yeah, this girl is amazing. Like, I've, I've known it since the beginning that this was an amazing girl, right? And now this past year was like just reinforcing all those things and just, and now, like I said, like it was just giving more and more proof that you were the one. Mm-hmm. And I honestly felt like if I were to wait another year, it would be a waste of time mm-hmm. 
because I, I would be just getting more and more evidence for what I knew was true. Mm, mm-hmm. So I think that's where things clicked for me. I was like, why waste another year when we already know? We are, I already know um, or I'm not going to gain any new perspective mm. in the next year. And you'll just lose time that you're not married to her. Exactly, or yeah. that we could be building a family mm. or whatever, right? And so, like, I think some people might wait a little bit. I definitely did this. You, you wait because you want to see when does it go sour, mm. right? So, like, I'm going to, like, let's, let's see how, if we can mm. last. I don't want to post about her on social media because who knows where we are in a mm. year. I don't want to commit too long because who knows where we mm. are in a couple years, right? I think because we front-loaded our relationship with all that turmoil and got over it, to me, there was nothing in the next year or so or however long that was going to be any worse than before. Uh-huh. So I was like, okay, it's only going to be either A, good, or things that we're going to get over anyways. Better, yeah. So might as, well just, might as well just get started. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it was um, the guys that I had been with before were good, but I never imagined this level of good, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, hey. Like, I never in my mind imagined um, someone who would actually, like, drive me and who I was so just, like... I literally drive her, like, all the time. <laughs> Stupid. Your car's breaking down. <laughs> oh, You're no longer driving me. But like someone who that I felt so just like, I don't know, someone that I'm so inspired by, right? I never thought that I would be so inspired by my um, significant other. And when it got to that level and also the feeling of comfort and feeling like my favorite part of the day is literally just waking up next to you and falling asleep next to you. And I was just like, I don't ever want to wake up and fall asleep next to someone else other than you. I think that's when I knew that like you were the person that I wanted to do that for the rest of my life with. I was like cheesy and shit. No, now, well, now you're making me feel like my I wasn't cheesy. I, I feel like all of our answers, are like I, I'm like the practical <laughs> reasons, and you're the emotional reasons. I swear to God, I do have emotional reasons. Okay, <laughs> maybe that's out, why you guys work. Yeah, right? they come out in Instagram captions. Okay? <laughs> oh, we all, we all read those. <laughs> yeah. there and he reads it to me. Just yeah, yeah. and she works in finance. It's just very logic driven and stuff. So there yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. Right? On, on the professional side, <laughs> yeah. she's very, very pragmatic. No, but no, the, obviously, you know, the emotions work we're clearly there and that's why like these last three years we've been building but for sure the reason why I even had the confidence of like oh yeah like of course we should just move on because I, I, it's only going to get better is because all those things like were finally clear to me mm-hmm. right without yeah. obstruction and when I saw those things unfiltered I was like wow this is amazing I can't believe I'm so lucky to have all these things in a person I think a lot of guys what they struggle with before they settle down or before they get married is like they're worried about giving up their freedoms and like you know wanting to meet new girls all the Mm -hmm. time or whatever and novelty has definitely been something that has tempted me in the past but like with Helen novelty has almost like no power anymore like because of what I feel like I'd be giving up which is so great it just nothing's worth giving that up you know so um, there's just too many qualities that are going to be hard to replicate or combinations of the practical and the physical and the emotional that I just don't think that it's worth taking a chance losing you to go see if there's a better combination. You know what I mean? Oh my Does that make sense? No, that, that, for was, some that was like such a practical compliment. It worked on me because I think when you're because I feel like I get it though. Because I think but it's, like, it's your robotic way of saying she's the one. <laughs> Wait, no, I didn't because I didn't read it as robotic. Oh. <laughs> Jenny, you're such you a dick. Well, no, I mean I think the same 
same yeah. way. So that's right, right, right. I think it's just really true, though. I think yeah. I, I just name a bunch of dudes that yeah they chase so many of this stuff, and like when you're talking about it, come from a really real place. Yeah. And I think that for me, if you know, if we're you know trying to like relate this to Oprah, it's a tweetable quote because I think it's really relatable, and I feel like that says a lot because I think. You see, you know, we have guy friends. We have our friends who go through this. But the fact that you found something, you're like, you know what? I don't care for that anymore. Right. I feel like I get the privilege of entering the next love. phase mm-hmm. of love. You know, it's like high school versus college. Mm-hmm. Or oh, if right. anything, now it's like college versus like, I'm getting my, I'm going to head into like my PhD. Right? Yeah. And why would I want to stick around and be a super senior in high school? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like that. Me too. Right? When you talk to like a high schooler, those are the fuck boys mm-hmm. that are like, dude, like this is so much fun. Like I, I get to be I with can, whoever. I can get as many girls as I, I want. I get as many girls. Yes. Novelty, 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 right? And for me, I'm thinking of like, dude, I want to graduate. Right? I want to expand my knowledge of love and emotions, mm. right? And to me, the only way to get there is to be committed to one person and to build a life with one person, yeah. right? Because there's so many other things to, to figure out. So You're really good with the analogies. <laughs> I'm too much. I feel like I feel like the analogies make it seem like it's that practicalness or whatever. I mean, I'm I got it. <laughs> That's sweet. I'm glad you're there. Have you ladies ever had a UTI? For those who don't know, a UTI is an infection in your urinary tract. They aren't STDs, but can have some of the same symptoms. They're incredibly uncomfortable, and when you have one, all you can think about is getting treatment stat. Luckily, there's ScanWell Health. It's the only at-home UTI test with same-day treatment options. You'll know if you have a UTI in two minutes and can connect with a healthcare provider who can prescribe treatment immediately. All you need is the app and their test kit. Some studies estimate that over half of all women experience UTIs, so if you don't suffer from them, you probably know someone who does. Using ScanWell is so easy. No crazy emergency room bills, you don't need insurance, and the test doesn't expire for two years, so you can keep it in your medicine cabinet for those just-in-case moments. ScanWell is the same test used in hospitals and emergency rooms and offers the same accuracy as the test you'd take in your doctor's office. Normally, the tests cost $15, but ABG listeners can get the test kit for free. Just pay for shipping. Open up your browser and type in scanwellhealth.com slash ABG to order your free test kit. That's scanwellhealth.com slash ABG. One kind of like aspect of knowing when you're ready for marriage that people talk about is just personally you feel like a biological clock ticking mm, or something. Mm-hmm. Did that play a role for either of you? You know what? It, it, it did a little bit for me. It was more like I just wanted to make sure that I found the right person, right? If, if you weren't going to be the right person, then I wouldn't have forced it. Mm. But there, it got to a point where I was like, yeah, I would never want to wake up to someone else other than you. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was right for me. And also my mom had my sister at like 20, like 22 or 23, mm-hmm. right? And that was like, and now I'm already 30 something. So, it's so you're already super late already. Yeah. yeah, no, exactly. And so in my mind, I, I am thinking about that because I know, you know, once you hit... 33, 34, 35, a lot of people start doing the um, IVF IVF, mm-hmm. and like all of this stuff. And with social media now, you know that there are a lot of complications out there that mm-hmm. women don't talk about. And it's good to be very well informed about these things. And so in my mind, I'm like, I want kids immediately. I do too. Yeah. After, after we get married, I'm sure like the kids are going to come very soon because we want... Hopefully, God willing, yes. Yeah. yeah because we, we do want to build a family. And so... I used to joke that I was actually more ready to have kids than get married. Same. <laughs> so for me, I would I think I would rather have kids than get married because when you're a pregnant woman, you can kind of just like 
you know, order someone to get you pickles and chocolate <laughs> cake and all that. And just like, you know, let something thrive in you, have it, and then just take care of it. Versus for a wedding, you got to like plan all this stuff out, make sure everyone else is happy. It's more like mm. external things, making sure other people are having fun. And then pregnancy is like all about you. <laughs> Believe it or not, like I also did feel the biological clock, not mm. at such a literal level as it is for women, but like I definitely did think about how my parents are getting older mm-hmm. and yeah. I wanted them to partake in my marriage and my grandkids' life because it would bring them joy as well. So I was like, oh man, I think I've lived selfishly enough mm-hmm. as this son out there in the world. Like I, it's time to bring a little bit back mm-hmm. and get back to them. And then also, yeah, I looked into the future too and I was like, you know what? Like, even though I'm not ready per se right now to have kids, I just know that like my 70 year old self will be happy I started at mm-hmm. this yeah. age or my 60 year old self will be mm-hmm. happy, right? So like, you can't fast forward growing the organism of a child, right? So you just gotta, you just gotta start that process, as right? Soon as yeah. possible. I'm excited to see you guys go through the next part of this this relationship, which is the wedding planning process. Oh, I'm Ugh. so not. You have not to done anything yet, sir. It's been, you know what the thing is. A week. <laughs> I love going to weddings. Uh huh. And actually, like when I think about our wedding, I'm like, dude. Our wedding would be so much fun to go to. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh wait, I have to plan it be, and be alive for it. Yeah, <laughs> no, be awake and functional. You, you know, it's funny. The first thing I think of when I when I think of planning, I was like, Phil, are you ready to pay this big check or this big bill for this huge party you're about to throw? Can we uh, do some ABG sponsored posts real quick? <laughs> Can we help us uh, out? Kim Wong Fu. Um, <laughs> if anyone is out there and wants to sponsor this wedding, <laughs> no. Besides the paycheck or the big the big bill that's coming your way, Phil or and Helen, like what have you guys done in terms of the wedding process? Like what have you guys planned? Yeah, what have you planned, Philip? <laughs> well, am I supposed to have stuff planned? <laughs> Well, okay, I will say what I've done. I went to uh, Barnes and Noble. Okay, and I you're got... bragging now. <gasps> okay, what? You went to Barnes and Noble? Well, yes. And I I looked at the wedding book from The Knot. They actually uh, have a lot of stuff. They're really in there. good, The Knot. But there's like, let me never bring out my heard, journal. I've never I, like, heard of these things ever. The Knot is a really big wedding website. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's is there going to be open Helen, bar? Helen, That's all I care about. Helen literally just like, whipped out her journal right now. <laughs> because there's so much to consider. And I feel like this is very overwhelming, especially if we want a wedding next year. And there's a lot of like 2020 weddings going on right now, apparently. And we haven't booked the venue yet. So I'm already kind of freaking out. But let me just read you like a couple of things that you need to consider. Go quick. Make it fast. There's like... (laughs) That's how how this pause is going to go. This is how it's going to go. Oh my God. Okay. So ready? Guest list, engagement photos, save the dates, wedding venue, witnesses for city hall, a bachelor party, wedding dress, wedding shoes, and a spare pair, wedding accessories, hair, jewels, veil, wedding rings. Do we want to get engraved? A car to drive away from? (laughs) Drive away with, I mean. Uh, Vows, officiator... The menu and table gift, music and first dance, parents. All right, all right, all right. We get the points. <laughs> there's a lot to do. There's a lot of like, there's like 50 topics. And within okay. each topic, there are subtopics. To and be honest, I think a lot of those that you just said are just yes and no check boxes that we can oh figure out. God. No, I really do. Do we want a car? Yes or no? If it's a no, we don't. We just don't. We don't have to do. But that, yes, right? like what kind? Like, you know, what that's fine. That, that, that's a that's a quick conversation. I think <laughs> in my, in my <laughs> y'all, your guys' eyes are like what? In my mind. The biggest thing, once we have the venue set, I think everything will go a lot smoother. Because then they, they will have parameters of mm-hmm. things that have after, to be anyways, after, right? So once, so once there's limits... So, you, so are you taking, uh, are you volunteering to figure out the venue? Yes, I think, he is. I think that's you know, what I just heard. Lady. Actually, when you're in the Bay, maybe you should start taking a look at venues in that area. Because you're going up for Thanksgiving. He should do it by himself. You guys should do it together. Here's the thing. 
I think that because you're, you're, you're worried that, oh my God, 2020 weddings, there's so many going on right now. We're not going to get a spot. There's a very easy way to fix this. Oh God. Oh God. Wednesday wedding. Oh my God. <laughs> every, you keep talking about every, Wednesday wedding. Every venue will be available on a Wednesday, guys. Actually, they might not be. They I don't might think be, like, they actually closed. offer one. Wait, why Wednesday versus like Monday, Tuesday, Thursday? Because um, oh, alliteration. I love alliteration. Oh, I see it. <laughs> I'm saying this all with like a little bit of... I know it's not going to happen. I just think it's <laughs> fun to tease them. But, a but, little bit. But really though, that would solve a lot of problems. I guess, but my question for you is like, you have to figure out the guests before you can lock in on your venue because the capacity oh, count man. at the okay. venue. Freaking Mel created a guest list for us already. <laughs> I'm just planning ahead because I know these little things are going to come off if I don't present Cause, to cause you. Because you know what? And what's crazy is that you, you made a list of just our mutual friends, right? I know. It's not even friends of like her family, my family, mm-hmm. my high school friends. My whole like, friends, yeah. And the list that just you made was already like over 100 oh my god here's story after they got engaged the next day at the airport i gave them an excel sheet i said hey this is a breakdown there's boston friends bay area friends la friends family all this stuff and then i go this is what i think who i think you're gonna invite we're at 100 please feel free to edit and adjust according (laughs) to what you guys think but just an fy because that capacity count will let you know which venue to get how many people to invite and all, you know, it just kind of helps That's you. That's true. I mean, I, I do appreciate you putting that together because that is the first step, right? Coming up mm-hmm. with the wedding guests and the number because you had to book your venue based on the number of guests. Exactly. And I think you instilled, because at first I wanted a destination wedding. My sister got married in Hawaii and it was so beautiful and I've had really fun weddings in like Costa Rica and other destination places. So I wanted that at first, but then Philip did not. And I think it wasn't until he saw the guest list that he was like... Maybe we should do a destination wedding now. <laughs> I think right now you guys are obviously still in like the beginning processes yeah, of yeah. planning. Yeah. Well, the question, you know, Jan and I probably have is like, so when are you going to you know, solidify your like bridal party? <laughs> Mel has a lot of questions. Jan is <laughs> like, don't include me on this. <laughs> that is one of the very frequent questions that Mel asks all the time. No, it's funny. Probably daily. Daily. <laughs> no, no. It's going to be a bridal party. So I think as you can tell, there's a lot more to discuss, which I'm sure we're going to be covering on many episodes in the coming seasons. But for today, thank you, Helen and Phil, yes. for opening up to us. We know that what you guys are talking through is not easy to, to talk about, um, but we really appreciate it. We know our listeners appreciate you guys sharing all of the variety of things that you learn about each other and about yourselves through your relationship to get to this amazing mm-hmm. next stage in your life. And we could not be happier to be a part of it. So Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And, and I just want to reiterate that this is just our specific story. Like, you know, it's not like advice that everyone can just say like, this is how they did it. So this is how we should do it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, take everything that we said with a grain of salt for sure. And then I know also for me, like I wanted to talk about sort of the nitty gritty of our relationship and how we started. Cause we could, we could easily just have been like, oh yeah, it was great this whole time. You know, like everyone wants that like princess story, fairy tale, like relationship before getting married. But with, you know, ABG and just even understanding myself and where I am today, there's a lot of being vulnerable and being able to share stories that are sometimes not as not as like flowery and sparkly. So yeah, for any anyone else out there going through just like a lot of shit, like sometimes that shit can turn into something beautiful too. Just very, very thankful that the girl that was Helen six years ago now has a rock on her finger from the same guy and we're in a very different place now. I'm very thankful for it. Me too. <laughs> and I appreciate you girls for being good friends with her throughout. 
the fact that we had so many friends intertwined was definitely something that you know kept us in each other's circles in each other's minds in each other's dms you know <laughs> like, um so friends are really really important you know when it comes to uh a successful relationship. So I, I really appreciate you ladies. If you guys enjoyed this episode, give us a rating or review and also a subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and all of the other podcasting platforms. We're also very active on social media. You can find us at Asian Boss on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a magnet emoji in our latest Instagram post. Sorry, like, what? A, a magnet, magnet oh, that's for really attraction. Yeah. For attraction. We just, we, just couldn't, we just couldn't get away from each other. Yeah. Should those be our party favors? Oh, <laughs> oh that's so cute. Oh, that's funny. So any magnet need a sponsor (laughs) we're just kidding all right and we'll catch you on the next episode bye